The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Okay. Yeah, so I just wanted to say a few words. Um, one is about part of the reason why Susie and I, we've been talking about all these different ways in which you can um, be with emotions, and some of them are familiar. Probably all of them are familiar in some aspect, but to be explicit about there are different ways. And there's a number of reasons why we're doing this, but part of it is because freedom, that is peace or the highest happiness or awakening or whatever way you want to hold it or think about it or whatever is really important for you, perhaps. Uh, I like this word freedom because it's kind of um, generic and most of us can find our way with we'd like some freedom. But freedom is about flexibility. Freedom is about malleability or able to adapt, right? There there's, um, might be a way in which we are thinking that, okay, I'll have ease as soon as I get my life all organized or as soon as my emotions are a particular way or I've worked through this particular difficulty or something about this. But the truth is, right, that there's always uh, experiences that are uncomfortable. That's just part of what it means to be a human. Of course, right, this is the first noble truth, the truth of suffering. And of course, we also know that the Buddha, who had a bad back, and he was sometimes saying that he needed to go lay down, or that he could only find some relief when he was in pain, during some really high concentration state, some high meditative attainments. So, the, so it's not about that we will finally, you know, uh, experience exclusively pleasant experiences, but that we can have a um, a mind that is adaptable, a mind that is malleable, that is flexible, that is workable, and that it can, has a certain amount of steadiness that we can incline the mind, we can point the mind to a particular direction and have it go in that direction. And we, as the more we meditate, the more um, adept or the more skillful or the easier it becomes to have this. And this is where freedom is. This is where the, um, the ability to respond to what's happening in a way that does not increase suffering but in a way that decreases suffering. And part of a way to do that is not only to recognize all these different tools, quote-unquote, that we've talked about today, being with the body, being with the mental experience, having a really broad awareness, dropping in a particular experience, or saying, like, everything is perfect, or... Um, or some, bringing some warm-heartedness in, as we talked about. So not only having some flexibility, not only having all, all these different tools that uh, we have some facility with and can pick up and put down when it seems um, appropriate and helpful and supportive, but also to recognize that what's being pointed to with all these different tools is how our experiences are not 
solid, steady black holes that they might feel like that, but that they are, um, we use this word compounded, and that they can be influenced. Again, we don't want to use a sledgehammer and make our emotional life go away or something like that. That's not the purpose of practice. Purpose of practice is to help us to gain freedom and to experience the whole range of the emotional life that's available to us and to connect with other people, to share our, our emotional life with others, to have empathy with others, with their, to recognize their emotional life, but also to recognize that all of our experiences, not just our emotions, are composites. And when we start to really, when I, a composite of different elements put together, and when we really start to deeply understand this, then there's more and more freedom that's available to us when we start to see the that they're not as frozen or that they're not as, I don't know what the word is, they don't have to be such barriers or feel like they're blocks and getting in the way of our having a happy life or our spiritual practice. Instead, just exploring the compounded, the composite, the fabricated, constructed nature of all our experiences can transform what we might think as building blocks or or blocks into stepping stones, into ways in which we can find more and more freedom. So this idea that um, having some facility and familiarity with different tools helps us as practitioners to navigate our way, but it also, the fact that different tools affect our experience points to this really important teaching. So I drop this in as a seed for something to consider or that it um, might affect our relationship to our experiences. Okay. So with that, and now I'd like to shift a little bit and um, introduce a little meditative game. We'll use this word game. So it'll be very short, um, and that's part of the beauty of it. And as an, um, a little bit of an introduction to that, I'll say earlier we talked about how it's, um, expanding the awareness kind of helped make our um, our experience seems smaller or somehow shifted our perspective on our experience. So we can talk about awareness maybe in spatial terms, big or small or spacious or contracted. In the same way, we can talk about the energetics of awareness. Sometimes it might feel like our emotions just have this huge energy that they're really um, that we just fall into this, maybe I can use this word, a black hole here, that the energy goes in and falls into. And our awareness, our attention feels small and it gets sucked into this um, emotional, energetic uh, experience. So it's another, it's another way to um, consider 
our, our experience or to think about it. Maybe it's a metaphor, but it, it's um, a way to think about, okay, if our emotion has this really big energy, this force, this power behind it, and our awareness doesn't, what can we do to increase the energy, so to speak, of our awareness? That's one way that we could make it so that our our emotions, we can find more freedom with them and we can find our way with them without being um, overwhelmed. So if we can raise the energy, the attention, then we, it's easier to get a handle on what's going on and it's easier maybe to shift our perspective on what's going on and then things can unfold differently. Okay, so with that as an introduction, we're just going to do a really short um, little meditative activity, something that you can kind of like drop into your meditation practice here and there, maybe even in your daily life. So whatever posture you're in, if you'd like, you can take more of a meditative posture, but there's it's um, not needed. And coming into the body, just settling into the body. And connecting with your experience right now, whatever your experience is, just knowing it. What does it feel like to be in this moment right now? Connecting, becoming intimate with, knowing your experience in a relaxed, easy way. And then what would it be like to simply just chop off the past, chop off the future, just chop them off, gone, they don't matter. And it's just this moment, just right now. Nothing else, this immediate moment, no past, no future. This is very difficult to sustain, but there might be this little glimpse of something that's possible if we could just really drop into this present moment. So we'll relax a little bit. And again, you can find the body. and the experience of being here right now. 
just feeling your way into the moment. And then just jettison the past, jettison the future. All you have is this narrow micro moment, just this experience right now. Right now. Nothing else, just right now. Okay, so that was a little meditative game and a little something. I don't often use the word chop when I'm talking about uh, meditation. But is it possible to get a glimpse of what's possible like if you could just drop into the micro moment, just that very moment? And again, we're doing this with a climate of kindness, not because the past or the future don't matter, but to help us kind of um, raise the energy of the awareness and to just be with exactly what's here. So we're just checking in, dipping in to see what's going on. And then kind of like jettisoning the past and the future. Even just really shortly, if you could just get a glimpse of what the present moment experience is, that might be enough to um, have a little bit of a shift and a way in which the ecosystem can be a little bit different. Okay, so now I'm going to pass it on to Susie. All right, thank you, Diana. Um, so yeah, we're, we're we are we are coming uh, towards the end of of what we've. Um, chosen to offer um, and uh, wanted to close um, something that maybe has a little bit of this meta flavor or these heart practices or compassion type practices, um, but also very intentionally including uh, a little bit of engagement with the imagination. Uh, there's something about, you know, uh, uh, there's a relationship between uh, our imagination and our relationships or our ability to relate. Um, so, you know, I don't know if you, like, if you've ever met someone, you didn't know them and you met them and they just excited you for some reason, you just felt a real connection, whether it was a new friend or someone who you, you know, suspected might become the love of your life or whatever it is. It's like, there's the joy in that and the connection, but then it's also like the imagination just catches fire. You know, you've planned your 10 year wedding anniversary or, you know, so there's this kind of aliveness and connection that can come uh, through our engaging with our imagination. So just to maybe kind of play with that, see if it helps for you in service of this possibility um, to really come into relationship with our own emotional experience in a way that is connected, in a way that is caring, in a way that is engaged um, very intentionally. So um, we'll again be a very short sort of way um, to close and just kind of explore one more kind of uh, avenue. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll just... Uh, go from there. Um, 
And it's up to you to, uh, you know, if you want to take a formal posture, I'm going to ring the bell because I always, you know, that there's some love in the sound of the bell for, for meditators to sort of set the tone. As we close this day together, we kind of mark our time together. I invite you to just check in with yourself, um, open to where you're at now. You might feel tired, you might feel supported. You might feel a bit raw or sensitive. You might feel at ease, you might feel at peace. Just offering our attention to our own experience. with this spirit of a willingness to witness, a willingness to, to know. So easy to turn our backs or to flee our own internal experience. There's something um, it's just very true and I'm not I'm not exactly sure why um, but when we have a companionship uh, through a difficult experience or an intense experience, even if our friend or companion can't do anything, about what's happening, um, it brings a kind of support. It brings a kind of a bit more ease. So I'm just taking that intention of offering that witnessing, that companionship to our own experience through this very open, kind attention. Whatever's happening, whatever's showing up in our experience, it's held within this field of kind attention.
I'll offer some, some different kinds of possibilities in terms of ways to engage the imagination. But if any point you really find something that feels right, or you've discovered on your own just exactly what you need to be there for yourself in the way that feels helpful, skillful, caring, and just stick with that. If it sounds like something uh, appealing, you could try to give a little bit of an image, a visual sense, or a tactile kind of um, imagination around this kind attention that is holding and suffusing your experience. Does it have a particular color? Is there a warmth to it or a coolness to it? Is it surrounding our experience or kind of moving through it and mingling with it? might just be known as kindness somehow. You might want to experiment with introducing a simple phrase or even a word that helps to establish your connection to your experience, what you're noticing, what you're feeling. Something very simple like, I'm here. I'm here for you. I'm here now. If we are noticing or holding some difficulty, we can acknowledge that to ourselves. 
I know this is hard. Sometimes if we are feeling uh, a lot of, of inner criticism or for some reason we are uh, holding a lot of blame for ourselves, it can, it can feel really hard to uh, open in this way. Whether or not this is the case, um, you might want to experiment with offering this kind of attention and kindness and witnessing to an image of yourself at a, at a different age. Maybe offering it to an image of yourself as a child. Maybe offering this kindness and this care, giving it as a kind of offering to a future version of ourselves. That future version we are carrying forth through the practice we do now. So if anything that we've explored just meets, uh, meets what feels needed, really just stay there and enjoy that. If not, as a, as a last suggestion, um, if it feels um, maybe not quite right to uh, offer directly this kindness to ourselves or to uh, a version of our younger self or our future self, um, we can invite into this space a figure, a 
person, maybe someone we've known, um, who has this capacity to know us and see us with this acceptance and kindness and care. Might be someone we know, might be someone from our past. It might be a teacher or a spiritual archetype. Be the Buddha. Might be Kuan Yin. It might be an animal. Whatever feels to hold us in that way. So as we uh, bring this practice session to a close, uh, really acknowledging our our effort, um, acknowledging our practice, our intention, why we're doing what we're doing, um, and appreciating the presence of everyone here today and the ways we've supported each other in our practice. Thank you, Susie. So now we would like to open it up for comments about those meditative games or any questions you might have about today. Um, maybe share some things that you found helpful today that you'd like to take with you or just kind of opening it up to hear from you all what you'd like to share or ask.
Twitter's oh, Jenna, would you? Oh, nope, that was an accident. <laughs> Hi. Um, I'll I'll share. Um, I just feel um, I feel confused, and I feel like um, I'm just like holding complexity and complication. I guess. Um, and it's kind of, I mean, I guess you guys already mentioned something like this, but I feel like, oh, it's the end and I should feel like at peace. And I'm just like, oh, it's just so much to deal with. But I also feel like I can, um, or that you guys have just like spoken about being able to like hold the moment. And so that's all. Do you want to say a little bit about the confusion? Are there is it clear what you're confused about, or is confusion just kind of the dominant experience? Um, well, I was just thinking like love feels good, and I have all these questions about the relationship that I'm in, and like what love means and looks like, and um, and it's not just you know easy peasy (laughs) it's complicated and uh, difficult to deal with so yeah maybe I'll I'll just say something and and I'll say this not knowing if it will be helpful or um I'll share for me what's something that I have found to be helpful and that is to um to be asking myself the question, is this helpful? Whatever it is that I'm doing, is this helpful? Is it skillful? Is it leading to more suffering or is it leading to less suffering? So I just offer that as one way we can interpret some of the Buddhist teachings is um, pointing towards that. So that might be a way to kind of, I don't know, to explore that confusion. I don't know, Susie, if you have anything you'd like to add. No, I mean, that, that, I think that, that um, kind of when we are very confused, um, it often does come down to kind of what Diana points to. It's this kind of, uh, we, we have to get kind of small picture and look at what am I doing in this moment and see, you know, and kind of use that as a way to navigate when things are uh, hard, hard to figure out. Um, and, and to really use your practice um, as a kind of a refuge, you know, when, when there feels to be a lot of upheaval, a lot of things to figure out. Um, you know, you can really kind of come in from the other direction to just really try to cultivate as much stability as you can and cultivate um, as much of this kind of holding of that confusion and uncertainty in your practice and hopefully, you know, will kind of support you in that way and maybe bring a kind of different relationship to the experience possibly somehow. But yeah, yeah. 
it's it's a confusion it's just the mind that is not where the mind likes to be it's a very challenging place it's so you know it wants to nail it down and particularly when other people are involved in other circumstances you know things just can't can't always be be so so i wish you i wish you wish you the best outcome with that yeah yeah Um, I see, uh, Kathleen, that you have your hand up, but I think Della had her hand up before. Where's Della? Here she is. She's right next to you, Kathleen, on my screen. Um, Today was not what I expected, but it was more than what I expected because one of the things I realized when we were in some of the guided meditations and kind of went like this is that I've used my practice to not so much. I thought, well, I'm dealing with difficult emotions, but I really wasn't. That was like, they were separate somewhere off to the side than part of my practice. And maybe it's just that the Dharma does weird things, you know, it just kind of pops up out of nowhere and just sucks you in. You don't know. Wow, where that came from. So this is almost like I'm starting my whole, the practice all over from a different perspective or adding not a different perspective. That's, that's not the perfect, that's not a good, perfect, listen to that. Not the way that I want to, I can't praise it, but I, the, from this moment forward, I'm not, I'm going to pay more attention to my emotions because I've always been a sensitive person. The emotions aren't going away. It's almost as if the further I go along in my Dharma, and I've talked to other Dharma teachers about this too. It's like, I'll be fine cruising along and then all of a sudden, wham, I'm crying or I'm angry or I'm, I'm experiencing emotions to an intensity that I'm not used to. So my intention when I got here, I think I said that as well. I think I need some things in my toolbox. Well, thank you. I've gotten a lot in my toolbox from you and other people I've heard speak. So I am so grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Della. And I'm crying. (laughs) (laughs) Kathleen. It's just been um, expectations. This is different from what the expectations I had didn't want to have, but I had them in that I have a different perspective on practice. Uh, and I didn't realize until listening to you and, and talking to other people in the breakout groups that I have this mentality of almost no pain, no gain, or uh, it has to be like this. And, and these are, these are the rules and the, uh, I'm coming away just with a different uh, point of view. And I think that uh, what you said, the purpose of a practice is to, uh, is is freedom that uh, meditate in ways that reduce suffering. And I, that to me is very, those are very comforting words because there are a lot of ways to do that. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Kathleen. So Susie, you just muted yourself. Does that mean that you were unmuting or? 
I have this very loud purring kitten sitting there. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what that sound is going to sound like. So I, that, that was the only reason. But oh, I see. I didn't know if that was. It's not my stomach. It's this kitten that's sitting next to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anybody else have something they'd uh, like to share? Katie? Um, This, like, I was trying to, at first I was thinking of applying these practices sort of just in my regular life. Um, And then for some reason I made the connection that these are practices to use just in, in meditation. Um, uh, But they they also seem like very useful in just to interrupt like difficult emotions in general. But I didn't know if I, um, if, uh, Yeah, if we're if if it's sort of like an over application of these strategies to kind of carry them out into the world with us, because I can think of so many examples where it can sort of give us resilience in moments that are really difficult and otherwise we might not be able to face. Um, what I would say to that is. Sure. Good. You know, what, what, if something seems helpful, the kind of the risk with, with what we've offered today is there's such a range. Um, But if you find one or two approaches that kind of really speak to you and feel supportive, um, it's like with any meditative practice, we kind of can gain some confidence and familiarity and kind of set down a a little bit of a, you know, a, a habit of mind through the practice. And then, can we call it up when we need to? Um, you know, things like coming into the body, the emotional experience of the body, it's something that can be very light, you know, that we can pick up um, when we're, you know, anticipating some sort of problematic situation that's around the corner. You know, can I do that? Sure, you can. Um, if I feel that coming uh consciously um, sort of supporting myself through my attention or offering myself some kind of compassion um, on the fly. I think those things are very, very, very helpful and even more powerful if we've kind of strengthened our relationship to them a bit through formal practice. So yeah, no, that doesn't, that, that um, it seems like a, a kind of, Yay! <laughs> you made that suggestion. That that seems, yeah. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Those sorts of ways of bringing them into your. Um. Yeah. Um. They. They. I mean, because the way that I understand, well, this was also like a little bit of a point of confusion. Um. I mean, I think. It, it seems that we, we practice to sort of liberate ourselves in our minds, but also sort of liberate all beings. And so I just, um, uh, 
I don't know. I, I was a little bit confused over, over, um, why it had, why it necessarily has to be limited. Um, if to like a, a, a more individual sphere, um, because my understanding is at this moment in our country, you know, there are difficulties, um, especially with racism that it's, it seems like these could be applied, um, in the real world in the same way that like monks would apply these strategies in their practice, that these are things, um, in our own practices as, as good doing good in the world. Um, and I just, I wondered if that was, um, there were any other ways that we can sort of use these tools in, in, in our actual, like out, outside to have resilience um, in our communities, as well as dealing with our own thoughts and, and feelings. I mean, it, it feels to me that um, activism, social engagement, um, really um, intentionally uh, participating in actively in the, the kinds of transformation and care our world needs um, it requires the ability to to feel, you know, the the ability to be angry, the ability to feel um, care, to feel, you know, compassion, to feel moved, you know, all of those things are part of it. And so, um, in traditional Buddhist practice, there there are the heart practices and the meta practice. Um, but there, there's not necessarily a range of ways to kind of explicitly turn towards um, those aspects of our emotional experience. So for me, you know, there is, there is this relationship. Um, can I experience what is required, um, but find a way to do that that's sustainable, you know, that, that where there's a kind of, um, I develop this balance between having the freedom, having the ease and the stability and, and feeling, you know, so I don't know, that, that, that's what comes to me in what you say. Um, but I, I, I very much uh, appreciate what you said. I don't know if you have anything else you want to add, Diana. I just want to thank you, Katie, for bringing this up because of course we practice for this world to be a better place. And the more resilience, I, I, appreciate so much this word that you brought up the more resilience and I'll add like flexibility and um, sustained uh, capacity to be with difficulties. The more that we're to be with anything, not only just difficulties to be with anything, the more that we can meet the all that's arising in our society today and meet it with some open heartedness and some wisdom to have some of the spaciousness to bring some wisdom in which we are engaging. So thank you, Katie, very much. I'm happy you brought that up. Thank you. Yes, Kristen. This might be adding on what Katie said. I'm not sure, but I, um, I appreciated the day a lot and I uh, especially appreciated Susie, what you kind of articulated around um, the importance of um, 
in the practice, and I'm not going to say it as well as you did, but um, attune, our, our ability to tune to other people and to contribute to other people um, as part of the practice, which is feels really important to me and something um, why I've been doing these kinds of workshops and or my own, you know, personal research and exploration is because my understanding just in myself of if I can't sit with my own emotions and be uncomfortable with my own emotions, I really can't attune to to people in the way that it would be supportive for them. And, um, and I really see it as a practice. Like it, for me, it's just really challenging, but I'm really good with computers, but I'm still working on the human part, but, um, um, it, but it's worth that. It feels worth the effort. And as I think, as Katie said, especially now, like I feel like so thankful that I have done a little bit of work <laughs> because I think now is the time to really use it and to reach out to people who are different than me or think different than me even and, and try to find some common ground. So that's all I'll say there. Beautiful. Any other comment? Question to have the day feel complete? Hi, Morgan. Hi, Diana. Um, maybe this is following on what Katie was saying too. Like I just felt, I felt such a, there was a moment in the meditation where I was trying to bring compassion to myself and, and bring that to myself. But all I could do or, or what I found I could do was to say, Diana wishes that I, an end of suffering for me, Diana wishes that for me and when I think about that that you um, that there are amazing teachers and there are monks on hilltops and wherever that on the daily wish for an end of suffering for all beings I'm one of those beings that is being wished for so it just it gave me such a sense of grace for myself and also I could feel that I can I can offer that in my practice and from what I do to the world's brokenness and suffering, that there's an activism there that, that my generating my being in this practice, it's a beautiful flow reciprocity, my contribution, my receiving from other contribution. And that's just, Oh my gosh, it was just so beautiful. I am so grateful for you wonderful teachers and for you wonderful Sangha. Thank you, Morgan. Thank you. Thank you. Kathleen. You're you're muted. Yeah. Yeah, my computer okay. just crashed just crashed and I missed the last ten minutes. Oh. So so there were the parting words, is there a kind of short summary? Um, we're talking about um, practice affecting others and supporting us to support others. I don't know. Is that a is that a worthwhile uh, summary? Susie, do you have uh, anything you'd like to say as part of our closing up here? Um, 
thank you, Diana, for inviting me. Uh, it was a real pleasure to, uh, yeah, get to know and practice with and everybody in the IMC Sangha. Um, yeah, and and um, really touched by the, um, yeah, the effort and the and the the. Um, the sense of connectedness today, I, that was very palpable to me. So, um, yeah, just thank you. And uh, that feeling of gratitude feels very present. Yeah, yeah. I'll say that too. What a beautiful thing, that right, that we practice together and explore these things together. Wow, it's such a tremendous thing. So may whatever goodness that arose from our practicing here, from whatever benefits or well-being arose, either from um, the idea of being here or actually being here or that happens after we end here, may it be for the benefit for all beings, all beings everywhere, without exception. Thank you. Thank you. So um, I'll unmute us all so that we can kind of say goodbye in a kind of a loud way, maybe. Or Thank you, Diana. Thank you, Susie. Yes. Thank you. Everybody. Thank you. Bye. 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 So wonderful to see you guys. Thank, Thank you very much. Bye. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.